and like YouTube is my dream. So I have to just fucking like make the jump and do it. Once I made the conscious choice to be like, okay, fucking do it, bitch. I fucking did it. Dating myself from romancing myself and for, from building this life that feels exciting to wake up to every day. Hello guys and welcome or welcome back to another episode of Heike Adulting. Today we have a lovely guest, Miss Maddie Drogsbeck. I don't know if I pronounced that right actually. I already mentioned that I wasn't going to pronounce it in the actual episode and I just tried. I hope I didn't butcher it. Thanks, Maddie. Maddie and I actually met through an amazing company called Hero Cosmetics. I work with them all the time for social media stuff, and they were actually one of my first brand deals ever. And we started working together in like 2020, like as soon as the pandemic was kind of like getting into its groove. Maddie came up on my explore page on Instagram, and I was like, that name looks so familiar. Like no one has that last name. So I knew that I'd seen it before, and it was on an email thread because she worked at Hero Cosmetics, and she just quit her job at Hero Cosmetics to go full-time as a content creator, which I think is so cool she is an icon on youtube as well i feel like she just completely is herself and she doesn't feel the need to tone herself down for anybody and i love it and she just dyed her hair purple and she looks so good but anyway besides the point i'm gonna go ahead and get into things going on this week um i am babysitting again did i mention that in the other episode i don't know i feel like i haven't been updating on my personal life that much as of recently because things have been going on but as far as work, I as soon as I got back to LA, I started picking up some babysitting gigs and it's been really fun because I just need to get out of the house. I'm cramped in this house, this studio apartment 24-7 with no space to like do anything and I feel like that's when I become very unproductive. It's funny because when my schedule is more packed, I feel more productive to do things than when it's empty and I feel like I can plan my whole day because then nothing ends up happening. So like I can block out like three to four hours of babysitting a child and then like coming back home and feeling more productive to do something than if I were to just sit home and try to do something. So been doing a lot of babysitting. So far I've sat for I think four or five different families, which is kind of a lot for right now. I'm trying to be definitely really careful with COVID and whatnot, but I'm not really seeing anybody. So it's fine. And I'm boosted, vaccinated, all that stuff. So should be good, but it's been really fun getting to know families and kids because they're my favorite. But Anyway, today I posted on TikTok a quote that I saw on Pinterest, which was, what would you do if success was guaranteed? And that was a really short, simple quote that I feel like I haven't really thought that much into. So I was like, let me post it today. And so many people like commented all the things that they would be doing. Um, and two things I thought about when I read that quote, number one, would we work harder if we knew our success was quote unquote guaranteed and just like the ideas of being afraid of success. So for the first part of that, of just, if, you know, would we work harder if we knew our success was guaranteed? I feel like I already told you guys this. I always talk about just how like, I know I'm going to succeed and that's not in a cocky way. It's just like, you kind of have to know that you're going to make it in whatever you're doing. Otherwise you're just kind of working towards this goal with like half confidence in yourself and I don't think that's right (laughs) um if you're trying to go like all the way and do whatever you're doing but if but I feel like for the average person that feels like oh like I don't know if I'm going to make it like if you're in that mindset would you work harder if you knew that your success was quote-unquote guaranteed um yeah that that's what I thought about and then also just being afraid of success I feel like we talk so much about like being afraid to fail but honestly a lot of people are afraid of success and I actually feel like I just had this conversation the other day about just like not doing things to the fullest because what if that's like the best that it can get and I don't know if that makes sense over (laughs) podcast land but I feel like 
being afraid of success is just this topic that people don't really know how to talk about because it's like, how can you say that? Like, wouldn't you be more afraid to fail, whatever? I don't know. But I think about being afraid of succeeding a lot because it's like, if that's the peak, then what? But then it just reminds me to just enjoy the journey more. And I think that that's when that's when I have to go back to thinking about the journey rather than like the end point of whatever success I think is success, because then you're just not going to be fulfilled at the end of whatever you actually end up getting, you know? So with that being said, that's all I was thinking about (laughs) this week. I think hopefully we have more thoughts in next week's episode, but I'm not going to ramble anymore. I hope you guys enjoy this episode and I will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Hello guys and welcome or welcome back to another episode. Today we have Maddie. I am so excited because I actually met Maddie through working with a company called Hero Cosmetics. They are a phenomenal skincare company and you actually worked with them like on the business side of things but Maddie's actually a content creator and I'm gonna let her explain her story, introduce herself. So go ahead Maddie, welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, For those of you guys that don't know me, uh, I'm Maddie Drosbeck. I am a YouTuber. I've been making videos for it'll be 12 years this summer but um, for my entire life it's been kind of like a a side gig of just a passion project of mine and um, after college I started uh, I went into like social media marketing advertising um, and I ended up working for Hero Cosmetics which is a skincare brand um, doing video stuff for them on social as well as doing some influencer partnerships on YouTube um so that's how I met Jada um and yeah I recently left that job to do YouTube full-time so um, which is amazing congratulations like that's that's a lot um and that's it's it's crazy because it literally popped up on my explore and usually Instagram sucks at like pushing people out you know but I was like that name seems so familiar like where do I know this person from and I was like oh my goodness of course it was Hero Cosmetics so yeah like literally your post about leaving Hero Cosmetics and you were there for how long I was there for a little over a year and a half was it were you with them like when it was a startup like a startup like that yeah yeah Yeah, right yeah Yeah, because I remember being one of the first people like and I was so small as a creator too I was like oh this company is gonna grow huge so you were at the beginning right Definitely. It, it, it was a, there's been like monumental growth in Hero over the last year. Seriously. Like when I joined the company, I want to say that I was probably like employee number 15 or around that. And now oh there's goodness, like yeah. over 50 employees. Um, wow. So it was like a huge year of growth over the last year. But um, yeah, I, I joined the company when it was still relatively small. Oh my goodness. So yeah. And you were content creating before that. So congratulations on that. That's amazing. And then also you just hit 200 K on YouTube. That's another huge milestone. (laughs) That is sick. (laughs) I'm so proud of you. Oh my goodness. And it just makes me so happy to see people like truly going for stuff, you know, because I I don't know, especially these days, it seems so hard because it's like everything is against everyone these days with what's going on in the climate and whatever. But like, Yo, it's so it's just inspiring. But um, yeah, go ahead and talk about your journey with content creating. How did you start? What yeah. what made you dive into the content that you do? So yeah, what got you into content creating? Yeah, so I just always grew up loving making videos. I like when I was a kid, I used to record videos straight onto like my dad's VHS tape camera. Um, me (laughs) it it was like my favorite thing to do I I remember like having like one of those like tiny mini laptops when I was like 
11 years old and my siblings and I would like hold the laptop and record each other on the webcams just like dancing around Mm. our bedrooms and like jumping off a bunk bed and being like this is so crazy right um so it was just like a lot of just in my childhood video was so such a major part of my growing Mm up and when YouTube came out I want to say I was probably in like the fourth grade and I was like immediately obsessed with it it became my friends and I's favorite thing and I I felt like I was I feel like I'm sort of a part of like the the first group of kids that could have grown up up wanting to be YouTubers like it's it's like YouTube came out right around the time where, you know, you're young and you're thinking, what do I want to be when I grow up? And so I grew up wanting to be a YouTuber. And um, I made like little channels with my friends all through growing up and all of mm-hmm. them eventually lost interest in it. And I was the only one that sort of like never lost that spark for making content. Mm-hmm. So when I was in seventh grade, I made my own YouTube channel. And the rest is history. I've been posting on it ever since. <laughs> I started in like 2015. And even then, like people were still like YouTube, like, yeah. you know, like, what is that? <laughs> you know, and like, it's crazy to see how even YouTube has grown up in its age and how we've grown with it, too. So when in your mind did it become something like, OK, my friends are kind of dropping out, but like I still have this dire passion. Like I mm. want this to turn into something like when did you actually feel yeah. the need to switch and start working towards making this your dream job yeah it was actually the era of youtube where music videos were like a major thing like music videos and like parodies and stuff yeah it was like that phase where everyone was like doing like stop motion and like jump cut (laughs) videos to like random pop songs like kesha was everywhere people were like scrambling to be the first person to make a music video to it when music dropped and i fell in love with like that style of video and i thought it was so fun and i i just got so deep into editing through those types of videos because it was always like who's gonna make the like flashiest video who is gonna Mm -hmm. edit the craziest and um that it was something that my friends just weren't really into so i just i got really into the youtube community by myself and made a ton of friends um around the time that music video youtube was a thing i all of like my first four years on youtube all i was making was music videos um so that was sort of how i got started and where i really found my community growing up um and I just fell more and more in love with it. And I always wanted to be a performer. Like before I wanted to be a YouTuber, I wanted to be an actress and a singer and a dancer. And so when I started getting into YouTube, it it just felt like a really natural progression of like, oh, this is the type of entertainment that I actually want to do. This is something that I feel such a passion for and that I have a real talent for as well. Like editing just grew into something that I really cared about and wanted to get technically good at as well so I ended up going to film school for that exact reason but it just felt like as I got more and more into YouTube it took over the part of me that always wanted to be an entertainer Um, but pursuing YouTube allowed me to do that on my own terms and to be creative and make whatever it is that I wanted without having to have someone with more money and more power give me the thumbs up first you know like I could just do it myself if I wanted to 
Yeah, that's that's so true. I feel like YouTube was really one of the first like creative outlets that people could self-produce. Like that's not yeah. really a thing, you know. I mean, like you can make I, like like we said, we started on like camcorders and whatnot, but like that's all we could do, and it wasn't really to a public audience of any kind, you know. If it was, it was like your two family members, but you know, right. audience members. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like. Yeah, so I feel like when people started feeling like they could have control over the creative things that they were putting out, it didn't have to, like, it could all be from you. Like, you didn't have to wait to go to a, do a dance recital or, like, go to yeah. music class so that you can film your own music video. Like, you can just do it and put it online, which um, I think now more than ever, because, like, everyone is their own influencer. Like, you know, I, I'm pretty sure you working on the business side of things at Hero, like, you see a, a range of people creating content for you guys, and you're just like, whoa, like, the power of this and, like, how you, yeah. it's evolved from when we started and just like picking up a camera like totally. isn't that insane it's and like incredible. now making money off of it like making right. an entire career off of like literally just you it's so crazy because like when I started YouTube making money off it really wasn't even a thing yet um like I, I feel like the idea of like a YouTube celebrity and someone pursuing YouTube as a career didn't come about until like several years later so it, it's like crazy to see how massively it's evolved, but I love it. I think there's obviously there's a lot of people on social media that give it like such a bad rep, but there are of so course. many creators online that are doing really remarkable, incredible work all on their own, producing every part of the process, you know, back end, front end, post production, pre production. Like there are people doing fucking everything and they're pulling in better views and engagement than some of these major networks are. And like, yeah, it, it's just seriously. like, it's crazy how much it's grown. And I, I love seeing it. Yeah. The influence of social media is ridiculous and you had touched on it a little bit, but I, I think there are bad corners of the internet, but then there's always the undiscovered gems. Like yeah. literally I had never seen you before, like on my content, like whatever. <laughs> and it took like, you know, another social media platform and working yeah. together to like find your stuff. And I'm like, if I knew you existed, like I would have yeah. totally subscribed <laughs> like years ago, but, and it's so cool. And we're going to dive into the content that you create. You said that you started making like music videos for the first four years. When did you kind of mm. dive into more personal things and more, you know, talking about the taboo of every single yeah. corner of the internet and just like making that your brand and did your audience stay like how did how did that work yeah I made like the occasional vlog every now and again when I was making music videos um and then as I got like later on in high school and early college it, it I feel like I sort of evolved with the different trends that were happening on YouTube I did challenges for a little while um just like anything that was trending I would hop on and then when I went to college, I was getting super into poetry and writing. And that was when I had like my first video do super well. I posted a slam poem mm -hmm. that I did about uh, body oh. image and like life as a fat woman. And that was like the first video of mine that did pretty well on my channel. Um, and that was in like 2016. And it was like after that video, nothing really popped off. I was doing vlogs mostly in college and I would talk a lot about my experiences dating. And so mm -hmm. that is probably like the beginning of when I started to get into the topics that I cover now is just when I was in college vlogging about like going on Tinder dates and shit. Of course, I yeah. tackled <laughs> it in a very different way than I do now. I, I think back at because that was when story time YouTube was big. Like oh, when I was in goodness. college, yeah, yeah, yeah. crazy story times were it. So it was definitely more that format which is not what I do now mm -hmm. um but that's definitely where like my my uh I guess first sort of 
experience with being more vulnerable and open on the internet really started to come into play on my channel. Um, and then, um, in, I guess like really at the beginning of the pandemic, I took a while off my channel, um, because I, I was just feeling really burnt out and I, I was in like a creative block that was killing me for like an entire year. I just had no idea where I really wanted to take my channel. I had been doing it for so long and it had been through so many different phases that I was like, what is it that I actually want to be making? Like, am I just making shit to try to fit into what the trends are right, right. now? What is the type of content that I actually want to be producing? And so I took a year off and I started making videos again right at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, and the pandemic, interestingly enough, I think it actually ended up guiding me into doing exactly what I wanted to do or needed yeah. to be doing. Because when I, you know, when you're at home and you, you know, I can't really vlog much because I'm not going and doing anywhere. There's nothing right. <laughs> for me to show people. Um, it, it started to be like okay well here's a challenge you're stuck at home what can you capture in this room what can you talk about that's going to make people feel something that's going to start a conversation how can you make something that is creatively fulfilling to you just within these four walls and I ended up making a video about how I had quit wearing bras for an entire year and that was the video that's the first video that I ever started editing with a similar format that I currently edit with. Mm -hmm. Um, and once I did that video where I was sort of sharing my story about ditching bras and what that did for my self-confidence and, um, people reacted really well to it. I was like, okay, well, I've got a lot more shit okay, to talk about yeah. in this vein. Like I, I'm, <laughs> I'm comfortable talking about anything. There are like no right. limits for me. So if people want to talk about it, then like, let's fucking do it. And I, I think as I started making more and more content, I was like, I almost felt like I so wish that I could have watched this content when I was in college. And like, I so wish that there were conversations like openly on the internet of some, you know, girl talking about how she doesn't shave for hookups or how to mm -hmm. take nudes and feel comfortable and confident in setting your boundaries. <laughs> right. I was like, I wish that somebody was talking about this shit when I was in college. And like, I wish Truly. that I could have seen this. Yeah. So then I just started like talking about the things that I wished that I felt, uh, like more comfortable asking about and talking about like the things that I wish were more normalized. I was like, let's make videos about it. The things that you talk mm -hmm. about behind closed doors with your friends do it on the internet for everyone, for the people who aren't able to have these conversations with their friend groups or, you know, with people that they trust people who are too scared to even touch these topics. Take the fact that you feel comfortable with them and talk about it publicly and push yourself a little bit. Cause obviously it's a little fucking weird to talk about yeah. all of it on the internet. Yeah. But I, I feel like I just got so used to it because I felt like I, I, I really, I don't know. It's almost like you feel like you're doing it for your past self in a way. Like I wish that yeah. somebody had talked about this when I was younger and um, even now, you know, like I, I just love having these conversations at any age. And, mm -hmm. and I think that it's um, yeah, that's definitely been a major driving force in the genre of content that I create. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. So you just basically felt this calling and just did it essentially. Yeah. That's and beautiful. it's, it's also just like something that I, I feel like I talk about in, 
in my private life a lot. Like my, my experience with my body image and my self-confidence has been like a major part of my life, both privately and publicly and how my body image and self-confidence intersects with my sex life and growing into that part of myself as I got older. Like these are like storylines that totally weave together and intersect. And it's, it's so complicated dealing with body image issues and, you know, growing up and trying to explore yourself sexually and also Mm -hmm. date for the first time and set boundaries for yourself. And how do you feel confident enough to stand up for yourself while you are maybe feeling Mm -hmm. like not that confident and, uh, you know, just wishing you could change certain things about yourself. So I feel like this, like the intersection of dating body image and sex is where a lot of my life sits anyways. I feel like it's, it's just extremely relevant for the age and time period that I'm at in my life Mm -hmm. right now. Um, so I feel like I just, I love talking about it either way. (laughs) And that's what I'm saying. If you have that content to be able to just like speak about and, it it's something that you're passionate about it just comes naturally like I feel like the video ideas are just flowing because you just know what you want to talk about instead of being like yeah what am I doing for the trends or what's popular right now and like most times those videos don't even do well so sometimes you do have to take that leap of faith and just like switch courses and jump onto something else and that's what you did and it ended up working for you which I'm so happy about yeah the internet needs more vulnerable voices and I think right now like TikTok is actually doing that Mm -hmm. like if anything because I feel like people were YouTube or not YouTube TikTok and podcasts I I honestly have a lot of podcasts that I listen to as well that just really go down into things that people don't feel the need to just address and and when people see that there are other people dealing with the exact same things or you know, I mean, near close experiences, it just makes it feel more interconnected. Like I feel like what social yeah. media was supposed to be in the first place, you know, did you ever feel that diving into these topics would prevent you from getting like a job at here, like, or not just here cosmetics mm-hmm. and just in just general and, you know, going yeah. down this and having that public persona. I only ask this because I have a lot of followers who are trying to start like social media. They want to so bad, but they fear that it's going to ruin their professional, you know, uh, persona and like whatever. Totally. I I think it definitely crossed my mind just because adults in my life would always bring that up with me. And I always just sort of felt like, but this is who I am. And like, I really, I don't want to pretend that this is not who I am just to like, get jobs and shit like I always felt Mm -hmm. like the right job for me was gonna sort of be with it a little bit Mm -hmm. and I also feel like because I was pursuing careers in social media it didn't really matter what topics I was covering if I was doing it well because I had the experience they were looking for Mm -hmm. so like right out of college I was working at um an influencer marketing app Mm -hmm. and I interned there in college and like the reason I got the internship at all was because of my YouTube videos. The topics of my videos have always been, you know, a little risque. I've never shied (laughs) away from talking, you know, about things that people don't want to talk about. But I think that, um, as far as like how it impacted my chances of getting jobs and stuff, I think because it's, I was working in the realm of social media, it's sort Mm -hmm. of, people are a little bit more lax within those job spaces. Mm -hmm. Obviously if you're pursuing something else, it's definitely different. But I think that 
because I was pursuing jobs and social media marketing and influencer stuff, right. like my experience mattered more than the topics I was covering. And also most of the people that you end up working with in social media spaces are also like mm-hmm. around the same age and young and have similar mindsets. Right, right. So people don't really care as much. I've never had anyone in any job interview, internship interview ever say anything to me about it ever. Yeah. 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 And honestly, that's great. I mean, yeah, again, we are talking about kind of the social media realm, which it's more acceptable in that in that state. But if if anything, yeah, I'm I'm glad that you didn't lower the needs that you also wanted from a job just because of the need to get a job. Like, fuck a job. Like, you know, like you will definitely find a place where you feel like home that's accepting you and um, you're able to grow and thrive, not just for the business, but for yourself as well. And like, I feel like, I mean, Hero Cosmetics is just a great brand and everything that they stand for. I feel like that also probably, you know, helped you in your journey and feeling comfortable yeah. to just like grow a pair of like butterfly wings and just spread yeah. and like do your <laughs> thing um, uh, with social media. So can you talk about that transition from working at a huge, you know, skincare company to now working full time for yourself? How is how's that changed for you? Yeah, it's crazy. I I was like so sad to leave Hero because I love all of my coworkers so much. Um, It was like such a hard decision. I really like waited until I I couldn't, like I had to make a decision. It was like I, I pushed making the jump until I was at a point where I was like, I don't have time to do both anymore and I have to pick. And like YouTube is my dream. So I have to just fucking like make the jump and do it. Um, but it was like a bittersweet moment for sure, because the, the hero team is just absolutely incredible. And it's so exciting to be a part of a company that's growing so rapidly. And like, everyone is really so passionate about the stuff that we were working on there, which is just amazing to be a part of a, a, you know, a collective, Mm -hmm. a group of people that all really seem to care and value the same things. Um, but yeah, I've, I've been, uh, my last day at hero was about a month ago now. So it's been like a month of being on my own. Um, and it's, it's been incredible. There, there's so much to be done. I almost like, it feels strange that I'm self-employed and working for myself. No, seriously. I'm like still very much adjusting to it and learning what's going to be most beneficial for me moving forward. I think I'm, I'm very used to like the nine to five structure and I've been thinking a lot about like, does that structure work for me with this new career path, working for myself, doing, you know, YouTube creatively, like, is it more beneficial for me to live a little bit more intuitively work a little bit more intuitively and do like a little bit of work every single day rather than doing like, you have to sit down right here and do this right Right. now. Like what if I'm not inspired to do work then? Like, is this going to promote shittier content out of me or what? So I just feel like I'm, I'm learning a lot about, uh, like how to track success and progress for myself within this like lack of structure I guess since it's just me on my own which is amazing but it's definitely an adjustment it really is no I I completely agree I mean we all go from the structure of also like going from elementary school to middle school to high school and then you know college and it's like you are kind of used to that be on someone else's time schedule and honestly that lack of structure can shoot you in the ass it is so hard it's almost because it's (laughs) funny because we like crave to work for ourselves so bad and then we're like honestly a nine to five is less hours than what you're doing when you're freelance like you're just working (laughs) 24 7 around the clock with no stopping and you're just like well 
yeah, how do I balance and track my progress actually without, you know, the validation of grades and without the validation of like a boss telling you, great job. Yeah. Like you literally have to wake up every day and be like, Maddie, pat on the back, like good job. You yeah. know, and that shit's hard. It's <laughs> so 100%. difficult. Yeah. And you also have to be like really intentional about taking breaks and taking rest and make Seriously. sure that you are like literally scheduling it in and forcing yourself to take breaks. Otherwise, like you will just keep going on autopilot. And so that's also been like a major thought at the front of my head getting into all of this is just like there needs to be major balance between what is work and what isn't work. I think especially in the world of social media, like when I'm just scrolling on Instagram, I'm sometimes I get confused. I'm like, am I pulling inspiration for content right now? Is this considered work? Or am I scrolling? Like I, I, it starts to feel like I just can't be on my phone at all. I need to like take time totally away from social media because being involved at all, unless I'm like sitting and watching a YouTube video or a podcast and it's like more of a, I don't know, like a TV style entertainment exchange. Like when it's scrolling, I'm like, I can't, I literally can't do this. Like I need to put my phone down and go do other things because maybe this used to count as like relaxing and unwinding at the end of the day, but it does not anymore. Do you have anything that you feel like has contributed to you having this process of moving like and starting full time? Like, are there some qualities about yourself or some things that you had to figure out about yourself before you made that jump? Because that's a big decision to make. And like, if you're not ready for that, it can scare you shitless. So yeah, totally. Yeah, I'm like an incredibly organized and like self-sufficient person. I'm someone who like, I, I don't really need someone else to tell me what to do. I'm very much a self-starter. I will do all of it on my own and have no problem doing that. Um, and I think that like there have been phases in my life when I was making YouTube videos where I wasn't putting as, as much effort into it as I am now, but I knew that I wasn't. And so I could sit there and be like, yeah, I'm not doing all that I could be doing. And so at the beginning of 2021, um, my friends and I, we do like an accountability group where we'll, we'll meet on zoom once a month to just, you know, run through our goals, uh, ask for advice for each other, hold each other accountable. And at the beginning Mm -hmm. of the year, I said that I wanted to hit a hundred thousand subscribers And I wanted to make YouTube my career. And I committed to making one video a week and like just making it happen, being consistent with it. And I said this to all of my friends. I was like, I'm really going to push myself. And um, I did. And I hit 100,000 four months later. So it was like it came on once I made the conscious choice to be like, okay, fucking do it bitch yeah I fucking did it (laughs) It oh my gosh I think as someone who is just very organized and um driven and about my shit like when I commit to something I commit to it and I am I, I just feel like it sort of leaks over into everything else as it continued growing as well like tracking finances and figuring out like financially is this something that I can pursue like can I afford to quit my full-time job and um I I waited several months past what I like I was like once I hit this threshold I will feel comfortable leaving and I stayed six months after I hit that threshold Mm -hmm. because I was like I want to be past it actually I want to have so much security in doing this that um 
I, I, this can, you know, jump and be fun and I'm not jumping into doing YouTube full time and I'm going to make myself miserable, stressing myself, trying to pay right. my fucking bills. Um, <laughs> so I, I think it was a, a lot of organization, tracking my finances, staying on a schedule, being consistent with posting and, um, you know, really scheduling out my entire week at the beginning of the week. So I knew like, this is the day that I have a two hour block that I have to film at. And then I'm going to have to edit these two days. It has to be done by this day. I was also, um, reaching out to brands and pitching myself, um, and and just sort of do scheduling any task that I had to do. The whole mile. It was nights and weekends. That's what I was doing. I was like nine to five. I'm at hero nights and weekends. I'm doing YouTube. I'm going to make this fucking work. And I did it for the entire year and, um, yeah, just kept pushing myself to make it happen. Yeah. No, that is so inspiring. I feel like we definitely are in the, they like to call it the age of the great resignation or whatever. Like everyone's like, you know, quitting their jobs and whatnot. And I think there's something to be said about, just wanting to quit your job and having the idea of like oh like that would be nice like to work for myself but I'm like if you aren't quote-unquote building yourself to be a more self-sufficient person and you know like self-motivated and whatever like it's going to be really difficult to just like choose to quit your job so I'm glad that you spoke about even just the the shit that you need to talk about like the financial stuff like it's important to like actually consider that stuff before just saying you know like quit my job like are you ready to make that decision like you put in a years full of work into making sure that you were committing towards your full-time job and towards you know your your passion and I feel like so I'm an actor like I said so I feel like a lot of the questions that I get it's like how can I financially sustain myself but also do acting and I'm like you've got to figure out a way because acting isn't one of those things and like neither is YouTube if you're not making money from it where you can just sit on the side and chill and then like not be making money to sustain yourself on the other side so was there ever a point where you were like financially I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to like figure this out like you know because I, I'm I'm still young like how how can I quit my job and like pursue my dreams now like yeah. was there anything that inspired you or like or did you already feel like you had the innate like I can do yeah. it yeah I think that like as I was thinking more and more of like okay what would it actually take for me to feel comfortable quitting my job um and, and I thought long and hard about this and asked for so many different opinions on it because I wanted to really make sure I was being thoughtful and not being impulsive about it because I wanted to do YouTube full time. And, um, I also wanted to make sure that YouTube remains something that I love. I never wanted to be like a starving artist. Like I wanted YouTube to always remain a passion and something fun. I didn't want to be spending my time stressing out about making money off this. Like I I wanted to make the jump once I already felt secure in YouTube. So I knew that I was not going to quit my job at Hero until I was making more than double my salary. I waited until I was like, all right, YouTube is now paying my bills. Yeah. Like once it made the switch from like at the beginning of the year, Hero was paying my bills and YouTube was like my tip money. It was my Mm -hmm. shopping money, whatever. (laughs) When that switch happened and all Mm -hmm. of a sudden YouTube was paying my bills and Hero was my tip money, that's when I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, we're good. We can make this jump now. And I I waited and I really like made sure to make sure that I was more than taken care of financially. I, I think that it is 
especially when you love something so much, it's easy to be like, I'm just going to do it and I'm going to make it happen. And I love that attitude, but also be thoughtful and be strategic about it because you don't want to screw yourself and then be in a situation where you're like, yeah, let's fucking do it. But then you're getting burnt out and you're losing your passion for what you love because your like entire well-being is now reliant on it. I think there's a lot of, uh, I think there's a lot of great things to be said about keeping what you love as your side hustle until it totally surpasses your full-time job. Cause I think that's, it has offered me a kind of security. And also I think it is what has kept my creativity rolling because I have not worried about money because I quit my job when I was already secure. Okay, I was going to go into sex positivity. I feel like I haven't had a guest on here yet that really wants to, you know, like spill about this. And like, I saw a smile go across your face. It looks like you're ready to like dive into this. I'm so excited. Um, I feel like it's just, it's taboo. Like, I feel like people don't want to talk about it and people don't know how to talk about it. And right now, if anything, I do feel like more people are talking about it, even on TikTok. Like, I'll scroll on my For You page and I'm like, whoa, like, <laughs> yeah, like, that's on my yeah. For You page right now. But I feel like now it's become just more custom because I'm, like, on a side of TikTok where I'm like, yeah, people feel comfortable talking about, you know, like, all, literally all of the taboo things. So how did you get into just feeling so confident about speaking about this stuff online? Yeah, totally. I, I think that part of it comes from, I feel like I was just sort of always a little uh, shameless in uh, just talking about everything that I wanted to talk about. I I'd also think it has to do with how I was raised. Like I, I wasn't raised in a household that really was slut shamey or ever made me uh, feel uncomfortable about um, exploring more taboo topics. Like my mom was someone that I always felt super trusting talking to. Like when I had sex for the first time and you, you know, when I had a pregnancy scare, like my mom was the first person I called. Like she, she has always been like really open and I never felt like, uh, I don't know. I never felt afraid to like break rules in regards mm -hmm. to like, uh, exploring my sexuality as I grew up because my my parents never raised us to believe that that was like a negative thing so I think that that helped a lot like majorly in like my sort of uh ease in talking about these things because it was such an open conversation in my house growing up that I never really felt any type of way about it I never felt ashamed to talk about it um and I also think that my experience as a plus size woman has also made me a little bit more unafraid to say exactly what I think no matter if people want to hear it that way or not because it's sort of like when I've felt that sometimes that's the only way I can make my voice heard is if I just like say it how the fuck it is and say it exactly the way I want to because otherwise people mm -hmm. aren't going to pay attention to me even as I struggled with my body struggled with my self-image as all of us do as we're growing mm -hmm. up um, I always felt like an openness to discuss how I was feeling and to discuss anything sexually that I was exploring in college, mm -hmm. any like mishaps that went on. I, I <laughs> feel like I just grew up in an environment around family and friends that was incredibly open and personal. Yeah. So I never thought twice about it. 
That's so nice. And I'm so glad that you were able to be this kind of big sister, you know, older sister figure to people online because sometimes, you know, people don't have that accepting type family where they can talk about all these kinds of things. And I feel like I was kind of middle ground in a sense where, like, I, I had these conversations with my parents and, like, of, of course I went to my mom, like, the first time I had sex and, like, blah, 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 and, like, all this stuff. But I feel like there's also some things where you're like, mm, I don't know if, like, I should say yeah. that to mom and dad, you know? <laughs> so I feel like that's when I just chose to turn to YouTube. And I think back, you know, back, yeah like middle school high schoolish like I feel like there were kind of like YouTube videos on like how to kiss and like all this stuff yeah. but like no one ever <laughs> went into detail about anything else like body rashes and like yeah. STIs and things that people like need to know about you know and I think yeah. you know I, I think that if you don't feel like you have that figure now in your life and you feel like you need to find someone and maybe your close friends aren't people that you can talk to about this stuff then I feel like go online I think find a yeah. bigger sister have Maddie be your 100%. older sister guys <laughs> <laughs> teach you a couple things um but yeah yeah that um I, I I just wanted to say that like I commend you for doing that and I and I do feel like again social media is opening up to the space where people are more comfortable talking about things I mean there are tons of Instagram accounts about like tips to do when you're in this situation blah 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 yeah. so like I think now more than ever it's very out there so don't hesitate to consume content creators that you otherwise might not consume either number one because they don't look like you number two because you haven't had their experience but you never know what you can learn from someone especially yeah. this day and age yeah totally mm -hmm. and i think like curating your social media feeds especially if you're struggling with sexual shame or any sort of body image shame like curating your feeds to feature people who are very unapologetic right. in yeah. their bodies and their preferences and just like talking about this shit candidly having that take up most of your feed is gonna eventually over time change the way that you feel about it in context with yourself it's gonna you know make you more comfortable with it it's if you just curate the environment that you're around the community of content that you're consuming to be more reflective yeah. of where you hope that you are able to get because I, mm -hmm. I think that struggling with sexual shame and like just you know feeling like you're in a rough spot with your body and finding confidence and how those two things intersect with each other like so many people uh, are dealing with that like I think everyone is in one way or another like in some facet or the next it's something that everyone sort of experiences and there is so much to be said about going through your social media feed taking out the people who make you feel worse about those things yep, and agreed. substituting them with people who are candid and honest and who make you yeah. feel like you can be candid and honest as well Mm -hmm. yeah because whether you believe it or not you are subconsciously consuming shit like 24 7 whether if that's yeah. just you trying to go on an instagram scroll and then not even realize that you follow all these people that just make you feel like shit mm -hmm. about yourself like i mean it's for you i mean you're putting yourself through even like you get to pick and choose the tv shows and movies that you choose to watch and it should be the same for influencers and creators and just people you surround yourself with so i completely completely agree let's segue into romanticizing your life when did you feel like you started romanticizing your life in a sense and like actually romanticizing it not just being like let's put you know glass stained things over things yeah and not, yeah you know like actually totally. romanticizing your life yeah of course i, I feel like i as I've gotten older and have started to value more, um, like as I've started to value and prioritize my connection with myself mm -hmm. and like nurturing my relationship with myself, uh, celebrating my 
you know, accomplishments on my own. Like I feel like as I have prioritized my relationship with myself, romanticizing my life has really come along with that because it's been like uh, a way to, uh, I don't know, just make life special without having to look for outside affirmation and, you know, whatever else. I've been single the entire time that I've been in New York. And I think that that's probably played a major role in all of this because I was like, well, fuck that. All of these, you know, visions inside my head of like, oh, we're going to go on a camping trip and I'm in a relationship and I'm going to dream about this moment and everything's going to be so (laughs) cute and perfect. And it's like, well, why can't I live that life right now? Why can't I take myself on a vacation? Mm -hmm. And why can't I go take myself out to brunch by myself and, you know, sit in the park and read a book that I love and then go walk home? And what what is stopping me from living this? romantic beautiful life what's stopping Mm. me from dating myself from romancing myself and for from building this life that feels exciting to wake up to every day and I think that it's a lot of like learning to live slower and appreciate um like each moment for what it is I am working on a video right now about uh how to live a more sensual life and I talk about in that video about how living a romantic life and living a sensual life really go hand in hand because living a sensual life just means that you are engaging in all of your senses, that you are prioritizing pleasure of the senses, whatever that looks like to you, whether that's making a really delicious home cooked meal and sitting on, you know, sitting at your kitchen table and eating without any distractions instead of sitting in front of the TV. Like what can you do to really soak in each moment of your life and make the day to day special? And I think this idea of like dating myself and prioritizing my relationship, relationship with myself has really just helped to promote uh yeah. this like romanticization of your life and keeping that sort of at the the forefront of my day-to-day that is so beautiful and I say this because you really focused on talking about the simpler things as opposed to you know I feel like sometimes the whole romanticizing your life started with like oh like you're on this dream vacation that costs so much money and like you're with friends that don't care about you but it looks pretty you know and like I think that TikTok and social media in general can just make it look like it has to be this thing to achieve and like you have to be in a certain financial place a certain place in your career a certain place in your romantic life friendship life whatever to romanticize your life and that's not true so I'm glad you laid it out for the peeps because it's it's important to hear it not just from me from so many other people as well that completely (laughs) agree and um yeah so let's just romanticize our lives peeps and it doesn't take any extra money any extra thoughts just enjoying your life yeah yeah (laughs) and then the last thing to close this podcast that I ask every single one of my guests what is your top adulting tip for the listeners today my number one tip I feel like is to allow yourself to rest Take breaks and soak up and really prioritize your time not working. I think that it is so important to spend time doing things that are not productive and to find happiness and, uh, you know, your purpose and things outside of your career as well. Because at the end of the day, like how productive you are is not not an indicator of worth. That's not who you are. (laughs) And like you deserve to feel, uh, 
you know, good about yourself and comfortable about the life that you're living and you deserve to feel okay with taking breaks. You shouldn't feel guilty for taking breaks. So I think it's so important to just really nourish that side of yourself, to allow yourself to take breaks, to really prioritize that and um, to to disconnect your productivity from your worth because you're so much more yes. than how much work you can churn out. Yes. Oh, yes. Snap, snap, snaps over here because that's something that I needed to hear today. Like we're, I, I feel like this whole first like couple of weeks of this new year, it's like, okay, we're inching and inching slowly and slowly more towards an exit for the pandemic. Hopefully let's try and make this year as productive as it can be. And let's start right now. And it's just this, oh, it's this unhealthy balance of trying to figure out like, am I like, because I feel like I just had two years of rest, you know, like, I feel like I've literally sat there and done nothing. So now is the time for me to go and do all these things. And it's it's hard to even see the need for a break. Like we're programmed to work, like we're trained to have this work mentality. And like you achieve more, the more you get, you know, and I, I just I literally have to sit there and I say this all the time, but I just have to remember that we're sitting on this floating rock doing whatever the yeah. hell we're doing. Like, it's really like, is it going to kill you to just sit there and watch a TV show because you want to? Yeah. yeah rest guys take take some time do you know if you yeah. haven't taken some time for yourself set a five minute timer after this right. episode and this is your it sign. will be very <laughs> greatly appreciated we will we will appreciate yeah. you for taking your time okay we give you permission <laughs> but um thank you so much for coming on this podcast you were such thank a you light so much. go ahead and plug your social media handle so that everyone can follow you in your journey yeah, you guys can check me out on YouTube and Instagram by searching up my name, which is Maddie Drawsbeck. That's M-A-D-D-I-E-D-R-A-G-S-B-A-E-K. Yes. <laughs> it's a mouthful. <laughs> and in perfect uh, car commercial format, that was beautiful. <laughs> we are done. <laughs>